Corey Paul is a 17-year industry veteran, educator, salon owner, and in the midst of launching his own product line. Welcome back to the Hairdresser Strong Show. My name is Robert Hughes, and I'm your host. Today, I'm with Corey Paul, and we're going to hear all about his journey and how he got to where he is. How are you doing today, Corey? What's up, man? I'm excited to be here. Doing good. Doing good. Awesome. I'm excited to have you. Uh, so why don't you, uh, first of all, where are you, where are you at right now? Or where are you located? So I'm in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. It's a small city, but a big city. So we're in between um, Charlotte and Greensboro. Um, all North right. Carolina. Yeah, yeah. So um, pretty nice size city, but I love, love, love the area, man. It's, it's not too big, but it's not too small either. Nice. Awesome. Uh, so I was... I was looking at your social and all your stuff online and you do so much stuff. You were doing uh, educational videos. Um, I saw some sort of uh, training program that you have and uh, you told me about a product line and you own a salon. It's, it's like, you know, that's a lot on your plate. How do you, uh, how do you manage it all? Man, um, just one, one thing at a time, you know, um, I started out, and um, well, when I first graduated uh, hair school, I started out at um, Dudley's. So I went to DCU, Dudley Cosmetology University here in Kernersville, North Carolina. Um, and so once leaving there, I went into their actual salon. And so um, I was doing well there, but I kind of felt like I was in a box because I was only doing African-American hair. And so I wanted to do so much more than that, right? So um, then I end up shifting to the JCPenney brand salon. Um, and so we're there, of course, you know, they're matrix users. And so they had a lot of different programs to teach you, you know, from um, cut, color, business, different things like that. Um, and so I just stayed there until I continued to grow until I couldn't grow anymore. Um, and then I opened up my first salon, which was in a suite. Okay. Um, so that's pretty much how I got into um my own salon and so of course in the suite you know it's only but a small box so my clientele I had a pretty large clientele um so I only stayed there probably about three years and okay. to be honest I only moved there uh, moved from my suite um by force so one day I came into work um was going into the building it was a big foreclosure sign on the front door oh so, yeah so <laughs> it was kind of just like <laughs> Okay, now you got to do something different. So I started looking for um, different spaces. And so I ended up finding a storefront. And that's just kind of how it started to grow from there. So um, one of the stylists who was in the building that I was in, she ended up coming with me. Um, and we just grew from two stylists to six stylists, from six stylists to now I have 14 stylists in the salon. Nice. So it just it just continued to grow, man. And so that's, that's how I awesome. got into um, being a salon owner so it wasn't you know I had this big plan to you know have a large salon and just kind of grew into that you know so it was some bumps along the way but good learning things uh, you know good things to learn from um, and definitely helped me grow that's awesome all right so uh, let's kind of go back and uh, dig in a little bit to your story uh, because I there's also more to the story too uh, so so you 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 went through um, through a hairdresser you said did you say you went to school and then you went to an academy like so did you do two hairdresser schools basically so, 
So Dudley's, they had their cosmetology, um, they call it DCU, which is Delhi Cosmetology University. Um, so I went through that school. Uh, and then, so I kind of, I don't want to say I cheated a little bit, but I used to go over to their um, academy they had for licensed hairstylists. So okay. once I got to school, I used to go over there and just kind of see what they were doing. So it helped me out a lot um, to see more advanced techniques than what I was learning in school. And were you already licensed at this time? No, no. So I was still a student. Okay. So once I would, once I would finish my day up at school, I would go over to the academy and just kind of just watch. Gotcha. And, you know, okay. You know, the instructors were really cool, you know. So I didn't do anything hands on, but I got to hear the information and I got to see the information that they were teaching, you know, veteran stylists. Nice. So, um, I mean, you had heavy hitters coming into the school like Kim Kimball, um, which everybody know Kim Kimball. She's Beyonce's hairstylist. Uh, yeah. Uh, extension extraordinaire. But, you know, just different people coming through, taking education through the school. So um, just I soaked up as much information as I could. Nice. Nice. So you got a little bit of like a jump start almost like uh, being in school, still learning, but seeing the advanced stuff at the same time. Exactly. Exactly. So how long was training? How long did that take until you got your license? So my cosmetology school training was 10 months. 10 months and then you get a license uh how long did you get a license right away or did you go work at a salon first no i went straight to state board I yeah went straight to state board took my state board um and once i finished state board then i went into the dudley salon, dudley salon. Right. and then how long were you working behind the chair before you went into your own suite um probably about four years okay all I right at dudley's and then three years at jc Penney's. Okay. And um, how did you decide to go out on your own and do your own thing? Like, how did that happen? Um, I just took a faith step, man. So my my clientele was pretty strong at JCPenney's. Um, and so like I said, for me, I felt like I had grown as far as I could grow. So I had went from gotcha. a, a beginner stylist to a master stylist in that, you know, those three years. Um, and so with JCPenney's, they go based off of the income that you bring in. Right. So that's how they um, classify you as a um, beginner, junior and master stylist. OK. And of course, you had to go through all the courses as far as through the, the craft um, matrix. And so once you went through that, that was it. So once I got to that master, that master level, I probably stayed there, which was my last year. So about each year I was able to move up. Okay, so my nice. last year, um, I stayed there a full year as a master stylist. And then I just felt it was time to go. And uh, okay, cool. That's that sounds cool. It sounds. Uh, were you? Um, was that normal? A pathway for people in the salon? I mean, sound one year to move move up. That's uh, sounds very advanced. Is was that not typical, or is that typical? Um, I don't know if it was typical or not. Um, because a lot of the stylists who were at JC already, they were already master stylists. I see. So okay. I was one of the newer stylists coming in. You know, you just so, move quickly. Right. So nice. I'm, I love education, man, and information. So I'm going to sit up under you, soak it up as much as I can, take it, make it my own, you know, use it and, and go from there. So I just learned from a lot of the stylists and it was some some pretty, pretty dope stylists in the salon where, I, where we worked here in Winston-Salem. So nice. I got to see everything from cutting, styling, um, color, um, 
and just really how to grow grow my business, you know, and grow so, my business. Okay, cool. So you're at the you're at your uh, your 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 studio, and you go in one day, and you see that that building is not going to be around much longer. So you're forced to move. Do your do this next steps. Tell us a little bit about that, like, and and like definitely share some details with uh, as far as um, like what's your experience in finding a spot and uh, and the things that you learned and maybe any lessons for anybody listening who might be going through the same thing or thinking about it? Man, that was hectic. I'm not even gonna lie. It was super hectic. So um, when I went into the building, saw the foreclosure sign, of course it was um, the hallway that I was on. It was about four or five maybe other stylists. And so of course, you know, they was talking. They didn't really know what I, they were gonna do. So I mean, I knew I had to jump into action. So um, I called my dad. My dad is an entrepreneur as well. He has a janitorial company. So I'm like, listen, they're going to shut the building down. Um, I probably have about two weeks before they close down. Wow. And so um, we, he immediately went into looking for spaces as well as I. And so he found one space. And so he was like, you know, come take a look at it, which it was about two streets down. And so nice. I was like, man, no, I don't want to go over there. It's too far out. And so he was like, it's literally two streets down. He was like, just come take a look at the spot. So I went to go look at the storefront. And so when I got in there, I'm like, it was some ugly colors on the wall. It was like all <laughs> peach and green. It looked like a beach salon. Like it just, it was not, I'm like, I can't do anything in here. And so I told my dad, I'm like, man, I don't, I don't want to go with that spot. He was like, well, you know, if you find something else, go for it. But if not, this is a great spot, great location for you. Um, we were on a busy street but it was kind of in the corner. Okay. And so you couldn't really see, see it the salon when you pulled into the shopping center. But he was like, you know, once you get your sign up, you get your sign up on the um, marquee, everything will be good. So I'm like, no, I'm gonna keep looking. So I kept looking for the rest of that week, didn't find anything. Um, so I ended up going back to this, um, the location he found, uh, met with the owner or the property manager. The numbers were good. The only thing I was a little bit nervous about, they wanted me to sign a four-year lease. And so this was my first time, which is typical when you go into a storefront. Um, but this was my first time ever owning a salon this large, right? Okay. And I only yeah. had one potential stylist locked in. So I had to make sure that I was going to be able to afford this space um, by myself, just in case the young lady who was coming in with me walked out or, you know, something happened to where she couldn't stay or couldn't even come over with me. So um, just went through the numbers, made sure what I was making didn't um, come under what the expenses were. So I still wanted to make sure I could still live my same lifestyle, pay my bills at home, um, and be able to run a salon by myself if I needed to. Wow. So um, once we did that, and mind you, this was like in a week, two week frame. So it was like yeah. when I was leaving the suite, I was literally going home, crunching numbers, seeing how much equipment was going to cost. Because in my suite, I had my station, two shampoo bowls, um, and I think I had like four waiting chairs, right? So I was going from that to four stations now to going to three shampoo bowls. So it was equipment that I had to buy, more right. dryers that I had to buy. So I really had to see what everything was going to cost. Um, I didn't want to take out a loan, right? I wanted to do everything so it's paid for. I didn't have anything to worry about. So wow. once I crunched my numbers, I just kind of went in and started buying stuff, signed a contract. Um, I got a young lady to move over into the salon with me. Um, 
And from there, I just went heavy with marketing. So Instagram was just picking up then. And so I got on Instagram, started getting flyers made. So I was looking for stylists. Um, I had just started getting into the education realm. And so I ended up hosting my first class at the new salon. Oh, nice. And so that was, when I did that, that was a great way for me to start, you know, uh, networking with other stylists. So from doing that, I got two more stylists to come over because they liked the way the salon looked. Um, they liked my passion for education. So it was just easy, you know, with, with hosting those classes. So I would say mm-hmm. definitely if someone is looking to um, grow your salon business, even if you don't, if you're not an educator, host classes at your salon. That's a nice. great way to get other stylists to just even come into your salon space, take a look at it and kind of see, you know, if that's somewhere they'd like to work. Was it, uh, did you charge for the class? I did. You so did? I think it was like maybe $35 um, okay. for our class. Nice. Um, but yeah, I did charge for it. And I think for my first class, I want to say I maybe had about 12, uh, 12 stylists to come. Right? Okay. Which I thought was pretty good at the time. Yeah, you know, I mean, that sounds pretty class, good. Yeah, 12 stylists was good. So, yeah. Said from there, I got two styles to come and join my team, and we just continue to grow from there. Literally, I feel like you just gave somebody a recipe for how to, you know, increase their chances of success by becoming a, you know, as they becoming a salon owner. I love that. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. So, uh, so you got into education. How did how did you decide to get into education? Did you think, oh, if I host a salon, I'll attract hairdressers? Or were you just like, I just want to teach some classes? Or how'd that happen? So I went to, um, this is why I was still in the suite. I went to the Brown and Brothers Hair Show in Atlanta. And so it was a guy, um, his name was Patrick, well, his name is Patrick Bradley. And so I seen him and his team on the um, trade floor at the Brown and Brothers Hair Show. And so it was, African-American hair, it was straight, it was flowy, it had all these different colors in there. Um, And it was just something that I had never seen before. And so I'm like, I wanna be a part of this. And so I started talking to him, I'm like, you know, I like what you guys are doing, how do I get into it? And so he was like, well, I host a boot camp every year in Las Vegas. And he was like, come out to Las Vegas, you can audition for the team. If you make the team, then you know, you'll start going from there. So of course, because I like education, I went to um, the boot camp. And so I ended up auditioning. I made a team. Um, and there, from there, my passion just continued to grow. Um, and just a funny story, my first show I ever did was the Premier Orlando show. And so they literally gave me a model. Her hair was like a brush cut. And it was like, this is your model. So I'm like, well, what am I going to do with her? <laughs> so I just took her um, almost to like a platinum blonde and put like a pastel um violet over top of it and so with patrick bradley's classes like his classes are usually packed i mean it's like no seats in there available people standing up all against the wall and so that was like my first time ever going on stage so i was like nervous trembling shaking and so i got up there and i did pretty well i bombed a couple times but you know he was able to save me we were on stage together um to where it was seamless and so from there my passion just grew to get better for one um, but just to see how far I could go as an educator and inspire people the same way that he inspired me when I just was on the salon floor and just his passion for education as well. Nice. So he's been one of my mentors to this day. Nice. Okay. So 
So do you, would you say that, uh, would you think the 12 people that came uh, to your class, do you, do you think they knew that you were part of this uh, artistic team? Um, yeah, because I put it on a flyer for one. So that was a great way to kind okay. of bring in some of those people from his following as well. But um, I think just from, like I said, social media was just starting to kind of, you know, get out there. So from me posting uh, just my work, um, and of course, the flyer, it was able to see, OK, well, hey, he's doing something different. He's doing good, great color, great cuts. Let me go and check it out and see what he's doing. So nice. Awesome. Cool. All right. So so uh, so you're into you're getting education, you're building your salon. And uh, tell me about uh, some of this other stuff here, like. Like on, I, is either on your website or your link tree or something, uh, or maybe with social media, it said something about a training program, hairstylist training program. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about that? So basically what it is, is the uh, um, same thing. So it's just like a hairstyling community. So we get on there, I post three videos a month. We do a live webinar to where the, I'm talking about color, cutting, business, um, styling. So just different things that, the stylist need to grow. So it's not um, it's not a manual for it, if you will, or I don't post just generic things. I kind of see what the stylists need who are in a community. So okay. like if one stylist may be struggling with, you know, how to build a clientele, I'll do a class on business and just kind of show or tell how I built my clientele, um, what marketing tools I use. If it's um, specific color situations, whether it's color correction or blonding, different things like that, then we'll do webinars based off of that. And I try to create content to help with what the stylists need. Okay. So this is a, this is like a virtual, all virtual community. Is that right? All virtual, all virtual. Wow. And when did you start that? We started that, um, I want to say about three months ago. Okay. So it's, it's pretty new. It's growing extremely fast. Nice. Um, so at a, at, a, at a rapid pace, and I'm excited about that. But I just, I love the community part of it. I think that's what was important for me. I didn't want to get on there and just post, you know, videos that wouldn't be helpful to hairstylists um, who were in need. So uh, I love that that community part to where we can stay in communication. And it's not like you're on there and you're just typing comments. Like if anybody has questions, like I respond back. If they're like, okay, well, I didn't understand this part in a video. I go back and break it down and say, okay, hey, um, like I have a relaxer color same day video, you know, so a young lady had a question, well, how do you know, or basically how do you, what products do you use to transition? You know, so I'm like, you want to make sure you use the, all the relaxer lines product first and then get into your color, you know, so just simple things like that, or, you know, giving them a key nugget to help them be successful. Nice. And what do you, how do you communicate with the people? Like, do you have like your own, uh, own whatsapp group or your own app or like so pretty much most of it's through email but okay. um of course i'm in a salon i'm a, like I said, salon owner and a stylist so most of the time i'll record a little video um and send it to them via email or I'll, you know type it out and say hey this is what we're doing or this is what i did um or you know whatever information nice nice awesome that's cool well uh uh, do you think that happened? You got you came onto that because of COVID and doing stuff during video work during COVID, or Definitely. I mean, Definitely. yeah. Um, I would say during COVID, 
Um, and still now, like a lot of people, they're coming out more, but you still have some of those people who want to stay inside. They're not ready to come out, be around a lot of people, but they still want education. Yeah. You know? So it was definitely a great platform for them to to get what they need. Nice. Cool. And um, and the, what I think is the last thing, um, your product line. So when did you start working on that? Whoa. So I started working on a product line probably about 20, I'd say 20, mid-2017. Okay. So it took me about um, a year and a half to get it right. So it was, you know, sending it back, you know, getting the samples, kind of tweaking it here and there, adding things to where it was a product that I could use on everyone and not just for texture hair, but I wanted to work on all hair types. So probably took me about a year and a half to get um, get it right. And then like after that, then COVID hit. So it kind of gave me, um, it's kind of blessing in disguise. So it gave me time to sit down and really see how I wanted to market it, how I wanted to promote it. Um, I was able to change the packaging up a little bit um, and just different things like that. So I'm nice. excited about launching it uh, this August in Miami. Awesome. So uh, tell us a little uh, well, actually, maybe that's a conversation um, for another time. But just real, real, uh, real quick, like high level, uh, what what type of like if someone's thinking about make doing their own product line, uh, what type of like invest initial investment should they like be prepared to make? Okay, that's a great question. So I would say it depends on um, how you want to do it. So a lot of companies now they offer where. You can basically take their product and private label it, right? So you can just take their product, put your name on it. And yeah. so they may allow you to tweet uh, one or two things about it. So if you want to do something like that, I'll probably say the initial um, investment is going to be about um, three to 5,000 based off of you know the volume that they say, okay, you may have to get six cases um, of each product or you may have to order a certain amount of product. Um, gotcha your first order but now if you want to come up with your own formula like how i did that's a lot more expensive yeah so that's what i've heard yeah so you're looking more so around the 10 to thirteen thousand, um and that's just pretty much for formulation in your first batch yeah and then from there then you have to start reordering and so that's probably about um seven about seven to seven to nine thousand based off of what you're ordering, you know, gotcha. that you have to do for your real. Gotcha. So probably around $20,000. Yeah. Yeah. And less, and maybe less than five otherwise. Right. Something like that. Cool. Um, thanks for that information. I'm sure plenty of people are looking into that, trying to figure that information out. Um, so, okay, cool. I mean, this is, this is great. I feel like there was another question in there somewhere. Um, Oh, I know. Just uh, another real quick high level thing. Um, did when you got your your salon, I know I'm going to jump around here a little bit, but when you got your salon, did you have to secure the lease? Like when you got, did you have to like put any money up or anything like that for the lease? I mean, how did they manage that? So when I first, I think you had to put down your first month's rent and then a security deposit, which okay. um, I think my rent was about. Fifteen hundred. Okay. So I put down three thousand. 
uh, for my first month and then the security deposit. And then from there, it was good to go. Nice. Okay, cool. All right. And, um, and then you, you also had, okay, cool. All right. Well, I just, uh, I had that question in my head earlier and I didn't ask it and we started talking about other stuff. So I just wanted to make sure. But I would question. definitely say like for anybody who is wanting to open a salon, like really, really know what it's going to take to open it. So know how many dryers you're going to need, how much that's going to cost. You're like, just know the cost for everything. My dad was, you know, say he's an entrepreneur. So he say on me, like he was like, you even need to know how much paint is going to cost, paper towels, tissue, everything you're going to need for your salon. Know how much it's going to cost. So you will know if this is a good investment for you right now. So um, with me doing that for my suite, um, I already kind of had the, the know-how of what to do but I just had to do it in a small amount of time, right? So remember mm-hmm. I told you I only had two weeks. So I really had to like get in there, crunch those numbers, see how I was gonna start ordering equipment, you know, and all this stuff within those those two weeks. So I really say that that those first four days, like it was late nights, early morning, getting up, making sure that I had the cost for everything to see if this was gonna be a good investment before I went and signed that lease. Mm, so good. Thanks for that. I was actually going to say, what's your piece of advice to <laughs> to somebody? So that's perfect. I really appreciate that. Um, okay, well, uh, let's wrap it up here. Um, I like to end with a laugh, and I ask people if they have a moment in their in their career when they were either embarrassed and could laugh about it later, or if they did something that wasn't necessarily funny in the moment, but you laughed about it later on. Is there something that pops in your head? Man, it's so many funny stories I have. Being a hairstylist, we're always around people. Um, I would probably say um, when I first started trying to do the relaxer color same day technique, um, one of my clients, she's been with me forever. She's actually more so like a, a sister than she is a client. But um, when I did the relaxer color on her, like it came out perfect. Like the hair was straight, the blonde was perfect. And so the next day she called me, she was like, my hair is on a pillow. And I'm oh, like, no. hair pillow. She was like, literally, my hair is on my pillow. It's, so I'm like, send me a picture. So she sends me a picture of all this blonde hair on a pillow. And so I'm like, listen, we're going to make you a wig. Whatever we need to do, I promise I'm going to fix it. And so oh. um, it wasn't funny, like, right in and there. I promise I was more so scared than anything. Now right. we can laugh about it. But the positive thing about that was I was able to tweak it and get it right. You know what I'm saying? So let your mistakes make you great. Don't don't totally. let, don't don't give up on it. You know, just keep tweaking it until you get it right. I love that. I amen to that. I love that. Thank you for that. All right. Well, uh, thanks for today, and um, we'll figure out what we're going to talk about next time. Uh, but until then, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. All right. Appreciate it, man. Anytime. Absolutely. Uh, so if you're listening on podcast, please give us a rating. Five stars is preferable. If you're watching on YouTube, oh, and don't forget to follow us. If you're watching on YouTube or Instagram, please like, subscribe, and leave a comment below. It helps support the channel and it doesn't cost you anything. And until next time, take care and thanks again, Corey. Thank you.